Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why don't we give Jesus a round of applause? Hey Amen. Before you sit down, give somebody a high five. Tell them, welcome home. Welcome home. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing night. We are here in Formation Fridays. Uh, it's a great day to be in the house of God. On our way over here, our two-year-old tells us, uh, I don't know where he was just driving. He's like, Casa de Jesus. I said, all right. So he knows where we're going. You are in the house of God, and it's an amazing, amazing place to be. I want to jump right into the message um, because I know uh, that time is running. Somehow, some way, when we're sitting here, time flies, and so let's try to get ahead of it, yeah? Um, there's this, this thought that entered my heart a while ago, a long, long time ago, and it's the mindset that a lot of people have walls, they have lines in their life that they could never cross. Let me explain. I was spending some time uh, in Europe. I, I make it sound really fancy. But, uh, but honestly, I, somebody just hooked it up. They're like, you want to go to Europe? I was like, yeah. Uh, no, actually, I didn't want to go. I was about, you know, 20 years old. I was doing ministry, 20-something years old. I was doing ministry hardcore, you know, um, still are. <laughs> uh, but back there, this lady, one of my mom's 12, said, hey, we want to bless you. We want to give you a trip. And I was like, no, honestly, I can't. I got too much stuff going on. And, uh, you know, she didn't beg me too much. Uh, eventually, I ended up going all over. Uh, I ended up at this one specific place, though, uh, Switzerland. And as, as I was there, I saw something that amazed me. And it stuck with me forever. It wasn't the cheese. It wasn't the chocolate. Uh, it wasn't the, you know, the hard, you know, uh, they're like these shoes made out of wood that, Super comfortable, supposedly. I brought some, and I never wore them. Uh, you know, when you go on trips, you get all excited, and you come back, you're like, why didn't you even buy this dumb thing? You know, but it's so expensive, too. But anyway, so I, this marked my life, and because of this, the whole trip for me was worth it. They had a bunch of cows everywhere, right? Cows. There's this field full of cows, but then it was insane because they were all squared up. Like, they were uh, in, in blocks. It's, it's almost like the cows knew exactly where to stand. Cows would not go past a certain point. They were like all divided in blocks. And I was like, dude, even the cows are like amazing here. You know, like they're obedient and stuff. Like Mexican cows be all over the place. You know, like you don't know which one's a bull. And, you know, it's crazy. But like, uh, you know, but as I started asking questions, they're like, oh, these cows are not obedient. They're frightened. And I said, well, what do you mean they're frightened? Do they have like... I'm thinking in my head, like some shock collars or something. He said, no, 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 see, uh, you know, we got a little bit closer. And see, see in the water, in the floor, there's this, like, this, uh, they call them, like, uh, trenches, small trenches of water, just like this. They're about this wide. And, and the, the guy was telling me that there's these small trenches of water, and they're all made in blocks. And I said, well, how deep is the water? And he said, oh, it's only about a foot and a half, foot, foot and a half, so half a meter. And I was thinking, half a meter? Like, these cows are humongous. And they're not even that wide. They're like about a foot and a half wide. They could literally just step right over the water. And they could get out of, go and be free. Because they're like stuck right there. And then there's the world for them. I said, why don't they cross it? And he said, oh, that's easy. Because when they're little, when they're barely calves, 
We grab these cows and we drown them in water. We stuff their faces and, and they just don't let them out. And then they take them out again. And when I know, I was, I was like, I should do that to my future children. You know, like it makes total sense. That's what we do to people in church here, you know. But anyway, if you're brand new, I, I'm just kidding. So they would do this again and again until the water was, the, the cow was so freaked out, like so scared that it would not go to the water. And I was thinking, this is ridiculous. Like, are you serious? And, and he was saying, yeah. And, so, and then I asked the dumb question, well, how do they drink water? I said, oh, well, we teach them to drink water from this tiny little place. It's like a tiny little thing, a stream. I'm thinking, either you guys are genius or you're evil to the core, you know? But think about this. No fences, no barbed wire, no, nothing, no, no chains. They had lines. They had boundaries in their hearts, in their minds. Am I making sense? We have the exact same thing happen to us. And on my way back on that bus ride, I was being ministered by God. And I was thinking, man, how many of those lines do I have? Have I experienced things? And because of that, I will not cross certain lines. Maybe for some of you in here, God is telling you, hey, I want to use you powerfully. I want to use you to bring the gospel to so many people's lives. But maybe you got rejected while in high school. Just because you're ugly. And I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> See, there's that line. I get like, oh, pastor hates me. No, like I never, I never asked a girl out to a dance. They would just ask me, ah. No, honestly, I was so scared. It was ridiculous. No, never, never. I was so scared. And I don't even know why. Maybe because, you know, I grew up around a bunch of teasing each other. You know, my brother and, and all my friends were always bagging on each other. And so I was so afraid, not of the rejection of the girl, but of all the bagging that would come for the centuries after that. And so I just wouldn't ask people to dance. And it just happened where like, hey, you want to go to dance? And I just couldn't do it. And, and then I realized that rejection carried over into other areas of my life. Now, before you start feeling sorry for me is there areas in your life maybe finances God is asking you to to take certain steps or certain leaps of faith and and it happens to me often you know where I realize man why am I scared God's been faithful God's been more than kind to me he's proven to be good and yet for some reason I'm stuck in this block by no fences and no chains but something stops me from moving forward maybe it's a relationship and you're stuck in a relationship and you can't get out of it because you think that if you get out of it, nothing better will come along. And there's a block in your life. Or maybe you should be in a relationship. And you're all scared right here like, eh, I ain't going to the dance. You know what I mean? Like you just don't want to take a leap of faith. And that girl's amazing. She's godly. She has a calling. You know, she's ready to go or he's ready to go. But you guys are too scared. Get some, get some, some Christian game over here, you know. <laughs> At the right time, right? At the, amen. Don't go out with people without a calling. It'll be the worst thing in your life, I promise you. I don't care if they go to church. I, man, they could have grown. Uh, their mama could have given birth next door, like right in the room there. It doesn't matter. That doesn't make them a candidate. Do they have a calling in their life? And that, are they chasing hard after God? That's a different thing. Amen? So this, this mindset of lines started really like ministering to me. So this has been for years that God's been talking to me about this. And so I get to share with you a message that I believe will help you and will help this ministry. And especially the people that have had certain limitations to where you cannot seem to win a soul for Jesus. Or maybe you cannot seem, listen, you can't seem to share the love of God with someone. I don't know, maybe you don't have that issue. Maybe two of you in here might not have that issue, but the rest of us really struggle. See, it's easy to preach about winning souls, but then I'm standing in the subway line 
I'm the worst sandwich maker in the world standing right in front of me. You guys know what I'm talking about? Freaking Subway people. They, I bet you they don't do their sandwiches like that at home. They just like throw everything, all the chicken on one side, all the, you're like, dude, you don't eat your sandwiches like that. I wonder if they train them to suck at putting, making sandwiches. I'm just getting my stuff out of here, you know, but I, I'm getting ministered here, you know. But <laughs> somebody worked at Subway that I know that's standing right, in, like sitting right in front of me. And I'm like, <clears throat> anyway, so do they train you guys to suck at making sandwiches? You were there. Oh, you're excellent. All right, all right, good, good. Make masterpieces. But anyway, so I'm standing in front of this guy, and I can't even say uh, uh, Jesus loves you. What? Uh, more, more cucumber, I mean. You know, it's just like you get so scared of sharing God. Isn't it true? Like you have to like take a step back and be like, yeah, here it goes. And then when you finally get there, the people are like, just looking at you, and you get all nervous, and you say, well, um, if you want to, I mean, I don't know if you like to, or if you're even going to like what I'm going to say, you probably won't even like it. It's almost like, you know, and dude, you're about to share the greatest truth in life, and you're sharing it like if it was a lie. Is it true or not? Like, when you want to share the love of God, and by the way, sharing the love of God doesn't always begin with, hey, brother, or it doesn't always begin with something religious. Maybe sharing the love of God, it begins with like, hey, can I buy you a coffee? Amen? Right? Uh, or, just kidding. No, like, hey, can I, you know, hey, do you need help? Most of the time when I've won people as of late, it's because I helped them out with something. You know, most of the time sharing the love of God begins by doing something, which is doing, right? Doing Christian life. Doing what God called us to do and to meet people's needs. Listen, I figured I'd talk about this because it's not only about sharing the gospel, but maybe it's about sharing your wealth. I'm not only talking about finances, because maybe you don't have finances, but maybe you have some time. But you're scared that you spend time with somebody, you get too close, and they're not going to like you, and some people rather withdraw. Or maybe you're scared that if you start opening a cell group, and you, God calls you to open a cell group and be a leader of leaders, that maybe it's not going to work out. Or what if I get to the cell group and I don't have anything good to say? And you have a mental blockage in your mind. Did you know something? You probably will fail the first few times at anything in life. Like you might, I know, you definitely will not be as good as you should be in the beginning. Does that make sense? So I want to do this. I want to share with you a part of the Bible where it talks about how the people of God broke one of the greatest divides, one of the greatest walls in, in, like in the history of the world. And they did this in such a supernatural way. And it translates to today. Before we get there, I want to ask you guys this, see how smart you are. So at what line, at what crossing of the line, how many degrees does water turn into steam? At what degree? Wow, Marco. <laughs> all right, baby. All right, all right. Okay, so, um, so at 212 degrees, there's a line there that you could, you know, get water going and, you know, get water, you know, just really, really hot. But it won't break into the air until it reaches that line, that line of 212, boom, and then all of a sudden just evaporates. Does that make sense? There's also another line, though. There's a line where water is still liquid, and then it just becomes solid rock, hard, called ice. What line is that? At what degree? Let's see, Marcus, what you got? Ah, come on, man. Nothing? And what? 32. 32 degrees. Google, good job. All right, at 32, I'm just kidding. At 32 degrees, if you cross the line below that, then think about this for just a second, okay? Think. 
physical, like chemical transformation, okay? You're talking about something that is not, when something burns, you know, like combustion. Something literally physically changes. It will never be the same again if it crosses that line. Am I making sense? If you cross this line, it will be different. Now, the, the, the ice one, you literally see something, it looks a certain way, it feels a certain way, but once you go past a certain point, it's like completely different. Like you could throw water at someone, it's just a joke. You could throw a piece of ice at someone, and you're going to have to fight. Is it true or not? Right? Oh, what if it's snow? Yeah, it depends who it is. You know what I mean? You guys, I know for a fact that there are lines in your life that if you cross that line, you will never be the same again. Amen? Like you will never, please listen, never be the same again. There are lines that I have crossed in my life that if I didn't cross them, I would not be standing here. I would probably be dead. Or seriously, I would be messing my life up. I would not be information Friday. Let's just put it like this. I crossed the line. It's called marriage. Right? I said, I do. That's when, it, when, that's when everything happens. I know some people really fight for the relationship at the wrong time. You shouldn't have to fight so hard before you get married. I just got real for some of you. Boo. Wrong church. You shouldn't have to fight so hard before you get married. Like, if it's that hard before you get married, it's going to be really hard after you get married. Or like 10 times as hard, except there's no way out of it. Now, unless, listen, if you, when, it, when you cross that line, it's go time. Once you say, I do, then it's I do forever. Like, that's, that's biblical right there. Right? It's like, we said we do, and now we're going, that's it. We're going to do. <laughs> Sounds weird. Okay, we're just going to, we're going to stick this out. We're going we're gonna to make sure that death will have to separate us. Nothing else. Am I making sense? And so why do I tell you this about lines? There's another line that I absolutely love, and it's the barrier, the sound barrier. Does anybody know here, without looking at Google, what the speed is of breaking of the sound barrier? Nah, close though. 767 miles an hour, roughly. 767 miles an hour. That is really fast. That's got to be super fast. It's a line that breaks. And when you break that line, boom, you hear something called the sonic boom. Has anybody ever heard the sonic boom? When a plane, it's scary, right? Like, what the heck just happened? It's like, and it's just a plane that all of a sudden goes, and it breaks this sound barrier. There's literally, think about this. You can't see it, but there literally is a sound barrier. And when a plane breaks through it, you can't see it. When a plane breaks through the sound barrier, what that means is, is that um, speed catches up to the sound and penetrates a barrier. Speed catches up to sound and breaks the barrier. And there's this huge commotion that happens. Sound waves go throughout like the land. You can't see it. Let me ask you, why is it so hard to believe right now that there are some lines in your life that you need to break through? There are physical lines that you can see, but there are also spiritual lines, lines in your soul, like lines of poverty. I don't know about you, but some lines were drawn for me. Because one day, think about this for just a second. I grew up with a single mother. Now, my mom is amazing. But she didn't know how to manage finances well all her life. She knew how to get through it. She knew how to have faith. But she didn't know how to invest for the future. And so my mindset was always about getting good things now and forget about the future. But the future will come one day. Listen to me. 
There are barriers in our lives that unless we are aware that they're there, we will never break out of poverty. Listen, you will not ever become an investor and you cannot leave inheritance for your children's children unless you're able to break certain lines like the line of poverty. There are other lines like the lines of separation and divorce. You think, nah, that's never going to happen to me. But there's a line there that your father and your great-grandfather had. And unless you know how to break out of that, unless you have the ability to break through that line, you will suffer the same consequences. Please listen to what I'm saying. This is not just some weird concept. Some people say that nature versus nature is the greater debate. There's no debate there. There's nature and there's nurture. Both of those things are at play. But they forget there's also one more thing and it's called Satan. And the enemy loves to draw lines around you. Oh, he'll drown you as many times as he needs to. To make sure you never cross certain lines. Because if you can get out, you're dangerous to him. Because if you can step outside of that box, you know what God can do through a man, a woman, a young man, a young girl that is fully 100% committed to God. That says, I don't care what people say, I care what God says first. If you are that kind of person, you are dangerous to the enemy. If you break out of the line of pride, oh, this is a hard one to break through. Pride. Can I tell you this? I took a year and a half of exercising this where I on purpose, on purpose had to break my pride. Listen, so many times our pride gets on the way of the greater things God has for us. Pride holds you away from God. God says that he stiff arms the proud. He says that he holds you at an arm's length. Literally God's like, Boom, no thank you very much. Heisman Trophy, you to the face. You're prideful. I don't want you near. Isn't that intense? That you can break the pride line? Oh, well, who's your leader? Oh, leader? I don't have a leader. I'm a leader. What? what? Leaders. You need a leader. Now, why do I need a leader? Do you know who I am? Exactly. Precisely. Now you need it even more before that question. Now you need it even more. Why? Because we don't know anything about submission. We think submission is a negative thing because we're American. You know, submission is one of the most wonderful things you'll ever have in your life. I learned that in jiu-jitsu. When you don't submit, you get arms broken. Do you know what happens when you don't submit in real life? You don't submit to God? You're out on it on your own. You step out of line. Everything that the enemy was throwing at you now will hit you. Because before, you had something called the cover and the cover of God. You step out of line when you're in leadership, when you're in your cell group. Your leader tells you something you don't like. All of a sudden, the line gets drawn. Ah, ah, don't cross that line. Now you cross the line. See, it was all good when you were telling me about encouraging me and how God's going to do great things with me. But then you start calling me out on my sin and I don't like this anymore. I'm going to switch cell groups. I'm going to go to another church. I'm going to, you know what, I don't like that part of the Bible. I don't, I don't think I like the Bible anymore. There's lines of pride that need to be broken. And I wonder if you ever feel those lines. That's beginning to sound like something you struggle with, doesn't it? Because we all struggle with that. The line of pride. What if I told you that there's another line? There's a line of doubt. The line of fear. Fear is such a clear thing. And doubt is the sister of fear. They work together all the time. They're twin sisters. And then they also have another sister. It's called faith. That's a pretty one. <laughs> the one you want to dance with. But that one that's not crazy. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Listen. We have, we have right here, right now, the choice to recognize our boundaries, to recognize our lines. Let me take you to the story. You guys good? Yeah. Joshua chapter 6. I love this part. Joshua chapter 6. Now the gates of Jericho, Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. 
Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. Talk about a line. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse. And the people can charge straight into the town. They could break the line. So Joshua called together the priest and said, I know this plan sounds kind of weird. He tells them, listen, God just said to them that the plan of attack was screaming. The people of Jericho had some of the strongest fortified walls around them. And God tells the people, oh yeah, you're going to overcome this by just screaming. How many of you guys know that's a really bad plan? Like, hey, I understand that, but is there going to be some kind of catapult involved or like some tank? <laughs> you know, is there some sort of way that this helps us out? And God literally tells Joshua, one of the worst possible plans or strategies of war that I have ever heard in my life. It's like telling them, it's like me telling you, okay, see that guy, you're in a bar. It just started like a bad joke, right? See that guy, go punch him in the face. And when he's about to punch you back, just scream, like loud. And you'll see him fall to the ground and you shall put your foot on top of his chest. Tell me that's, a ba tell me that's not a bad plan. Because that's what God is asking Joshua to do. He's asking them to go up to the enemy, right up to the walls where the archers are. Making sense? Right up to the wall where they're feeling threatened. And do nothing. No weapons, just horns. And that's it. And I love it because God sometimes doesn't make sense. And he doesn't have to make sense. He doesn't have to make sense. Maybe God for you right here, right now is telling you. There's some lines in your life that cannot be broken by logic. There's some lines in your life that cannot be broken by logic. Fear to faith is the first line we must break. From fear to faith. From victim to victor, from hopeless to hopeful. Look, I don't know what you guys have been through. I have no idea. I wish that I had more time with each one of you to talk. I think our sermons would be much better simply because I would know you much better. But can I tell you something? Fear is a paralyzer. Fear is something that the enemy injects in your life and it stops you from doing what God called you to do. Watch this for just a second. Have you ever heard something from God and then you start feeling afraid and you end up regretting not doing what you thought you should do? Maybe, just maybe, God is calling you, like I said, to open a cell group. Or maybe the thought of you getting your 12 this year, it's awesome, but then there's this fear, what if I don't get it? Like what if I, what if? And that what if is one of the worst enemies of your life. What if could be your best friend. Instead of what if it doesn't, what do you say? Hey, what if it does? Like what if I do open it and it becomes amazing like 100 people in the first month. Or hey, you know what? What if I speak to my dad about God and instead of him telling me no again, he says, you know, I've been thinking. Am I making sense? 
what if, what if, what if you cross the line from fear to faith? But unless you let go of your previous wounds, unless you let go of the moment where you drowned, then you will never, ever be able to swim again. Please listen. I know for a fact, I mean, that the enemy knows that if he can get you to be afraid of consequences, you won't even try. But God asks you today, let go of the past. Let go and let God be God in your life again. Whatever God asks of you, men, women, I miss the days. I'm not playing. Whenever God would ask something of a disciple, and it just wouldn't make sense, but they would do it out of obedience. I miss the days in my own personal life, and I've been yearning more and more for them. Ask my wife. Where God asks me to do crazy things, and for some reason, I end up doing them. And I'm not talking about schizophrenia here. I'm talking about God literally backing it up with his word, his character. Am I making sense? And his people, and it's just like, all right, let's do this. For example, one of the things that I'm, I'm really, really hungry for, like right now, I cannot wait, I'm not playing, to see Los Angeles at the feet of Jesus. I can't wait until churches, not just churches, but CFF, for some strange reason, I love CFF. But that CFF would not be the walls or whatever's inside of these walls, but CFF would be Los Angeles. Where anywhere you go, you're able to feel the presence of God. Anywhere you go, formation is happening. I remember I lived in a place called Bogota, Colombia. And the reason I go back there every single year is because I've experienced the power of God, not just in a church, but in an entire city. Bogota, Colombia was the world capital. Listen to this. Colombia was the world capital for drug trade. Listen, Colombia was the main exporter of curse to the world. Families were destroyed and broken. There was so much violence. You could feel it. When I remember the first time I arrived there, there was a car just blown up there around the corner. And it was intense because nobody knew who the bad guy was. Everybody was blaming everybody. All they knew... Because some people love Pablito Escobar. Some people absolutely love Pablo. He used to protect the people. He did things that the government wouldn't do. And so people loved him. There was great confusion in the land. But I know that at some point, someone crossed the line and said, you know what? We're tired of violence. We're tired of what's happening here. We must do something about this. And you may not believe me, but it will be written in the history books. There's this place, this small church that did this insane, beautiful vision called the G12 vision. They began to believe God. They began to cry out. They said, oh, there's other churches. No other church in Bogota, Colombia went about 500 members before Pastor Castellanos broke the line. Because they thought it's impossible to do that. No other church before Pastor Castellanos broke the line of 500 in Bogota, Colombia. Please listen to what I'm saying to you. When these people start praying day and night, 24-hour intercession, a church that was not just 2,000, 3,000, 250,000 people. 47 seats in the government, one single church. I myself was there when the president of the nation, Uribe, gave his life to Jesus Christ on stage, in public. Said, I give you Jesus, my life, right in front of my eyes. My arms still get chills. Because I know they tried to assassinate my pastor three times. He still has a bullet in his neck. This man, listen to what I'm telling you. Please listen. Someone crossed the line. And you may see, maybe the world won't attribute it all to that. And maybe there's other things at play. All I know is that this man crossed the line. And now some of the biggest churches in the entire America are found in Bogota, Colombia. You have insanely beautiful revivals breaking out left and right. We go to Bogota. Right now we're taking nearly, listen, I think it's 80 people now about sign, just from this church. 
80 people are going to Bogota. Back in the day, you say Bogota, be like, oh, they're going to kidnap you. We don't even have to advertise. The reason we put those videos is because 80 people are going. We weren't even showing the videos until 70-something people signed up to go to Colombia. We didn't even mention the, the Bogota, Colombia yet, and yet you guys are going. Why? Because someone crossed the line. People from all over the world, from thousands, thousands of people all over the world, from Russia. Remember a year, 850 people from Russia. All over the world, they show up at Bogota, Colombia. Why? Because it's a big church? Heck no. There's big churches here. Down the road, there's a bunch of churches. Because someone crossed the line. Because someone went from fear and being afraid of speaking out into saying, I don't give a beep. That's good. I don't care. Whatever God says, that I'll do. You know what? For a while, people called him crazy. Pastor Caesar was not afraid of people calling him a nutcase. You know what? I spoke to his mother-in-law. We stayed at a house where they kind of began the church. And uh, Eunia and I, we, we laugh about this because there's this older lady. She's, she's always looking so beautiful. And she has her own. How many people she has in her cell group do you think, Amor? Like 40 people in her cell group? This is Pastor Claudia's mom. So she's like, what do you think? How old is she, Amor? 80-something years old with 40 people in her cell group. What's your excuse? All right, so this lady has 80-something, 40 people in her cell group, and we would hear her give. So one day, one of these, we came downstairs, and we just started talking to her. Eoni was the one. She just asked questions, you know, and she's like, does Pastor Caesar really always been like that to Pastor Claudia, like all nice and super amazing, and Pastor Claudia always loving him? And we weren't asking because we didn't believe. We're asking because, like, for real? <laughs> and Pastor, listen, this, this, this woman, the mom of Pastor Claudia told us something. She said, yeah. Pastor Caesar loves, loves Claudia. He says, Caesar loves Claudia. He doesn't call, call him pastor. Caesar loves Claudia. And we, he told us, she told us why. He said, because there was a time where no one believed in him. Everyone called him crazy. I called him crazy. I did not. I thought he was crazy. And she says, but he was against everyone around him. All the pastors said he was insane, that he had gone nuts, he had gone mad. Because he spoke of multitudes. He spoke of changing the world and changing Colombia and having his vision, the vision that God had given to him, go all over the world. By the way, we're in, right now in Los Angeles, California, and I'm telling you his story. Some dude from Bogota, Colombia, who did not come from great lineage. His parents weren't pastors. He didn't have a bunch of money. He was broke as a joke. He had nothing else except line-crossing faith. Am I making sense? And so this lady tells us, yeah, Claudia believed in him when no one else believed in him. And I'm thinking, that makes sense. That's why he loves her so much. Because before he crossed the line, someone believed in him and helped him cross that line. Let me ask you this. A real, real question. What if you cross the line? What can God do with you? Have you ever felt like God is speaking to you somewhere, somehow, some way? I was in one of these conferences a long time ago, about 13 years ago. And I was standing towards the front on the right. And I remember hearing the translator. And I said, I can do that. Now, I wasn't knocking the guy because he was really, his name was actually Pablo. I was like, I could do that. You know, at least I got his name. And one day, I felt like God said to me, you're going to be up there one day. And I'm going to use you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. And I believed God. I'm not playing. I believed God. Now, it wasn't like I was looking for that. But I believed God. And one way or another, I started imagining, picturing, you could say faithing. I started faithing. I was like, yeah. I could, yeah, okay, Lord, I could see that. And so next time when the sermon was being preached, I was receiving it, but I was receiving it in English. And pastor was preaching in Spanish because I was translating everything to myself. I was like, mm, that's good. Ooh, 
Que bueno está eso. And I was like translating everything. You know, I'm not playing. From there on, God began to use. Now, listen, now I get paid to translate. I've paid, translated for presidents. I, tra I, they get, I, get, I travel to places to translate. But my greatest place to travel is Colombia. I translate in the conventions. And sometimes I get to stand up there. And I remember what I was standing right to the left. And I wonder if there's someone there thinking, I could do that. But then I know that there's lines in their lives that they probably will never cross. Because they think, oh, maybe not. And I wonder if God is putting some things in your heart. And the enemy is just shutting you down and says, the walls are too big. There's no, your strategy won't work. God, please, you're not big enough. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough Bible. You have not enough courage or strength. You don't know enough. And I know that God is telling you right here, right now, break the line. Amen? So the first thing you have to do is go from fear to faith. And the only way I know how to do that, going from fear to faith, is by being irrational. It sounds really weird, but you got to be irrational sometimes. You got to be irrational, like irrational. Think about this. The most faith-filled people are irrational people at times. I'm not saying like jerks, like you're just irrational, like you don't care about anybody. I'm talking about irrational, like I know it doesn't make sense, but God is asking it of me. I should be feeling this way, but this is what God says. And so you have to go and violently contradict whatever the enemy is putting in you. Am I making sense with what God has said? Let me go and break it down like this. Day one, go to Joshua 6, 11. So the ark of the Lord come past the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. Day two, go to verse 12. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Now go to 14. And the second day they come past the city once and returned into the camps. So they did this how many times? Six days. Now go to the verse 15. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawn of the day and encompassed the city after this manner. How many times? Seven times. Only on the day they encompassed the city seven times. By now, I added them up. It's 13 times they've gone around the city. How many times? 13 times and nothing has happened at what point do you say hey Josh um yeah about that plan it's not working and listen to what God does this is so so beautiful at the at the the 13th time right they could have I'm sure people started talking and running their mouth smacking their lips right I think it began with his own family don't get me wrong but sometimes family can I get an amen? It's not too loud because your family might be here. But sometimes it's your own family. I think it began with those that were closest to Joshua. You know, because they got the right. Because they feel like they're close enough to criticize. Because they all love him. After all, it's, it's just Josh. It's Josh. To them, it's not Joshua, the man of God. To them, it's Joshi. Does that make sense? And so they may begin to say, you know what? I think he's been in the desert too long. Joshua, eh, he hears from God, but you know. Sometimes he gets it wrong. And this is what God said. I love this part of the Bible. Please listen. Verse 10. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you. Woo. Joshua had them shut their mouth. He literally told them, shut up. 
You know why he told them to be quiet? He said, I don't want to hear a word from any of you. None. Seven times quietly. The whole time, quiet. And someone's going to talk, hey, psh, Joshua will cut your head off. Because they can't talk. Listen, why would Joshua tell them to shut their mouth? The same reason why I'm telling you right now, sometimes you need to shut your mouth. When the enemy starts saying stuff to you, you need to just be quiet. Because you go from arguments into obedience. The place is so beautiful. If you cross that line from argument to obedience, will you stop caring so much about your own opinion and you care about what God says more? It's an incredible line. Now you're really fading. Now you're really stepping into a whole different realm. You go from the argumented, rational, smart, alec man that you are or, you know, that woman that's so stubborn and wise in her own understanding to shut your mouth and obey the Lord. And when you do that, I think the Lord says, now we can work as a team. I had a company, and it was a really good company. My brother and I made really good money at some point. But you know what happened? We did. <laughs> that company fell apart. One year we sold a million dollars. One million dollars. You know how much I have from that company right now? Debt. <laughs> Do you know why? Because we were both smart. And we were both very wise in our own understanding. See, both, were, both of us were businessmen now. And he had his opinion and I had my opinion. And we both knew better. And when we both know better, we can't work at all. Have you ever had it this way where you can't come to agreement with someone and you miss a great opportunity because you could not agree? That's what happens when you're with God and God's telling you to do something, but you're telling him why he can't do it. Or you're telling him why it wouldn't work. Or you're telling him why he needs to wait or why you can't do it right now. And God's asking you to take a leap of faith right now. You're like, I would, God. But you see, what had happened was, <laughs> see, God, you don't know because you don't know because it's not, you, uh, yeah, you don't, just don't know. Why is it that God sometimes just tells you, don't speak. Don't talk. The problem is that you talk all the time in here. You're talking right now as I'm talking. In your mind. Do you know this is the truth? I, I am not just coming up with stuff. How many words do you think people speak a minute? 150 to 300 words a minute. We have nearly 50,000 thoughts per day. 50,000 thoughts per day. You're thinking stuff about the sermon right now. Like stuff that you shouldn't even be thinking about. Like, I don't know, what are you, what are you thinking about? Not the sermon. Like, what are you thinking about? 150, the baby, right? Hey, it's our baby. <laughs> or what are you thinking about? The baby or the babe? Mm. Yeah. Eh? You're like worshiping like this. <laughs> Sometimes we, listen, how many thoughts go through your head? I know one time I was giving, I was uh, about, to, about to give my offering. I was uh, at the other church. And listen to this. This is how smart I got. I put some bills on one side and put some other bills on the other side. And as soon as I reached on the other one bill with this, you know, the bills that I was going to give, because you know what those bills are. I was like, oh, man, what if I get the wrong bills? And that's what I was thinking as I was going to give. Oh, what if I give the wrong bills? Uh, I'm not going to look. That would suck. And the, listen, this is the time to give. And I'm thinking, mm, 
five. How much did I put? You know, and so many thoughts go through your head instead of shutting your mouth and doing what God asks you to do. Sometimes God is simply saying to you, just do it, man. You overthink things and you end up thinking your way out of God's purpose. God simply says, just walk. How many of you guys have not gone to encounter? Don't raise your hand here. God's telling you to go to encounter. Well, what if? No. No. What if nothing? Walk. See, because faith doesn't need an explanation. Write it down. Faith does not need an explanation. When you have faith, you don't need an explanation. When my wife has faith in me, I'm not saying I don't have to explain things to her. I'm saying I don't have to explain things to her. Like she already believed and she already knows. And so she knows it's going to happen. But what happens when you don't have faith in someone? All these questions come up. It's called the speed of trust. When you don't trust someone, everything slows down. Every question must be asked. Every T must be crossed. And every I must be dotted. But when you fully trust, isn't it amazing how quick things happen? The Lord is saying to you today, as he said to me constantly, shut your mouth and do what I called you to do. That should have been the message, the title of the message today. But you probably wouldn't like it. Shut your mouth. Tell the person next to you, shut your mouth and obey the last <laughs> and obey the Lord. Shut your mouth and obey the Lord. There's a line. <laughs> Say, I mean that in the most respectful way, in the best way possible. A lot of people, so many people, would rather, so many people would rather tell God why he can't do things, why he's not that strong, that smart, other than simply walking across. Let me give you a quick analogy. So um, the other day I was watching some videos uh, on YouTube, and I thought it was pretty funny. When people run into doors, have you guys ever seen that? Like they're like running and boom. And have you guys seen one at all? Yeah, where the door doesn't open? Because there wasn't a door, it was like a window. And, uh, and it's just hilarious. And uh, anyway, so then they had to put stickers on the door so humans keep quit running into, humans and birds quit running into wall, into doors, you know. And so I, I just really liked watching it. I realized this is exactly, exactly, I wonder what that person did the next time he came across. Like, uh, you know, and the next time he was like, you know, <laughs> is this going <laughs> to, is it going to open? And that's exactly what faith is. You say, God, I walk. The door just opened right there. It's right here for me. You know what I'm saying? But we say, now, is it really God? Are you really calling me to be a leader? You know, like, for real? Like, it's this, is this really for me? Because you don't know my background. Really? Last time I checked, he knows how many hairs you have on your face. <laughs> we talked about peach fuzz, huh, girls? You guys remember that? How girls have peach fuzz in the face? No, is that too personal? Okay, I won't go there. I will not go where... I will not go to peach fuzz in the face, girls, but God knows every peach fuzz in the man's face, right? He knows exactly how many hairs you have. Tell me he doesn't know your struggle. Tell me he doesn't understand what he's asking of you. I'm a dad, and I will never ask my five-year-old to pay rent because he can't, because he won't. But I could ask my five-year-old to pick up his clothes. Why? Because I know he could. When God is asking you to do something, he's not asking you because he's crazy. He's asking you because he loves you. And because he wants to bless you. And so I don't want to be so vague. I want to narrow this down to something simple. Win souls and make disciples. We call this Formation Friday. Do you know why? 
Some people think that Christians need to mature before they start helping other people grow and develop in the Lord. And I think that your biggest problem for growth is this. You don't work out. You can eat the right things, but if you want to get stronger, bigger, and faster, you must work out. I learned this when I was playing football. Listen, when I was in high school, Mikey knows this very well. When we were in high school, we were like men amongst boys. <laughs> Not really. You don't have to be that strong, that big. You get by by being just mean or like being consistent and persistent and, or having good coaching. But then when you get into college, ooh, you get manhandled if you don't work out. Every time you push the bench or you try to do something there 30 pounds ago, right? Every time you do something, it's just so you don't get punked in the field. Like every single time you're working out, it's just so you can hopefully not get, you know, tossed around like a ragdoll. Why do I tell you this? Because like same, same thing happens in Christianity. We love going to the practices, church. We love going to the board, books. We love listening to the coach. You can do it. Come on, let's go. But listen, when it comes down... Please listen to your own weight room time. The time where you need to actually push some weight around and get off your lazy... Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Get off your lazy Christian butt and do something for the Lord. Then I don't like this sermon anymore. I don't like this church no more. By the way, I'm not an evangelist. I'm more like a prophet. I'm more like a, like a worship leader. I'm more like just a great giver, you know. I give compliments. Like, you know, I'm... I'm you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Levite, you know. You get all biblical and weird. And it's just like, what are you talking about, dude? Like Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And that's it. But we make it so complicated. Even if it's your first time at church today, you know the secret of truly walking with Jesus. is not coming to church. Coming to church helps you to do something. And that is to do this. Walk with Christ. But where is Christ going? That's the question. You can't walk with God into a club. Okay, yeah, you can. God is everywhere. Yeah, all right, yeah, okay. You cannot walk with God. You cannot walk with God into the places where you've been walking. Sometimes it's that simple. One girl was telling, listen, hey, you know what? Ever since I gave my life to Christ, I can't sin. I can't sin like happily anymore. I feel really uncomfortable. I'm like... Yeah, that's the point. That's what should happen. It's like watching a movie that gets all racy and like sensual and your mother-in-law sitting right next to you. You should feel weird. Amen? 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 I'm a dad today and my son is five. I can't just take him to see any movie because he's five. Things are inappropriate for a five-year-old. Listen, what's inappropriate for God? The holy of holies, the righteous of righteous, the one who actually cares. Be holy as God is holy. Why? So, you, so he could love you more? No. So you can hang out with him. That's that simple. You want to walk with God? Walk in his ways. What does in his ways mean? Thou shall not know. It doesn't mean you have a Bible under you all the time. It doesn't mean you change your language or you dress a certain way. Listen, Jesus walked with anyone at any time. Matter of fact, the religious people got mad at him because he walked with the sinners. Aren't you glad? I'm just so glad. I'm so glad. Do you know why? Because once he walked with the sinners, their walk changed, not Jesus' walk. Jesus didn't become a tax collector. Last time I checked, he was still Jesus. He didn't switch careers. Like, man, you know, this cross thing got kind of difficult. Hey, man, what do you, tell me a little bit about more of the tax business. I kind of like that. It wasn't like that. He showed up. They got to know him. 
And they said, hey, I'll leave it all behind. Matter of fact, whoever I ripped off, I'll give them four times whatever I took from them. Where do we go next, Jesus? What happens in Christianity is this. You think by learning, you're going to get close to God. That's dumb. It will never happen. By learning, if you don't walk with God, you'll get big-headed and you think that Christianity is about being smarter than the person next to you. Actually, that verse doesn't say that. Actually, it says in the Greek. Actually, and then actually you don't win anybody for Jesus. And so what happens is we become great argumenters instead of great soul winners. So let me ask you the question. Do you really want to walk with God in 2019? Do you want to know Jesus? Go where he's going. Spend time where he wants you to spend time. Say what he calls you to say. Even if it's scary, especially, especially when it's scary. Man, it is there where you need to say, all right, we're going to do this together. I finish with this. The times I've had fun with people have drawn us close to each other. But the struggle next to some people has created a bond that fun could never provide. See, for example, let me give you one example. Mikey and I, we've gone through stuff together. And it is that, that no matter what, whether we talk every day or not, we know, we know, he knows that I love him. I know that he loves me. We're walking together. We're going nowhere. This is where we are. This is where God has called us. We are so different. Listen, we operate very differently. It's true. As different as we look, it's how we are. But listen, we've gone through a lot of stuff together. We've seen the church small. We've seen it big. We've seen people leave. We've seen people come. We've seen finances be there. We've seen... No finances at all? Am I making sense? We've seen it. We've been there. It's amazing because now Mike and I know, hey, we're in this for the long haul. Let's go. I love him. He loves me. We can count on each other. He has access to my heart. And I told him the other day, Mikey, I want to hear what you have to say. Pray to God for wisdom so that when you speak to me, I can listen to you. Because otherwise I'm going to have to form you in your attitude. If your attitude is wrong, you tell me something. But you have an access to my heart that other people don't have. Why? Because we've been to places where other people haven't been. Now, this doesn't mean I can't get to know other people. I want to experience life with you. But some people don't stick it out. Some people don't have the grit to say, hey, through thick and thin, let's go at it. Through thick and thin, let's go at it. This is powerful. When you walk with Jesus, some people only want the thick stuff, the good stuff, the blessing stuff, the easy stuff, the fun stuff, the great stuff. What about the, the thin stuff? What about when sickness comes? Man, what about when it's time to embarrass yourself in front of people that you highly admire? But that embarrassment may lead to their salvation. What if today God asks you to walk with him tomorrow? What would you do? Tomorrow, God will ask you for things. Do you know why? Because you and I will be asking him for divine appointments. So I'm going to challenge you with something with this message. We finish with this. Every single moment in your life matters live your life as though a book was to be written about it and people should want to read it what you do tomorrow should make sense according to the person you're spending time with if you're spending time with God let it not be wasted because God will not waste his time if you're spending time with God do something awesome if you're married I'm going to give you a little hint if you're married your marriage should be stronger tomorrow than today because of what you did that's simple. If you're a cell leader, your ministry should have grown. Why? Because of what you did with God that day. At the end of the day, you should have asked yourself, did I strengthen the call that God gave me today? 
Did I win somebody for Jesus? Did I consolidate someone? Did I disciple someone? Did I send someone today? Amen. If you don't have a cell group, if you don't even know what a cell group is, did you share the love of God with someone? Because you don't need to know everything. You just need to know someone. That's Jesus Christ. That's all you ever need. When you walk with God, guys, it is the most exciting thing you'll ever have. He'll give you things and ideas and wisdom that you'll never have otherwise. He'll give you courage and strength. Please stand up with me for a second. These people went around this wall first six times, then seven times. How many times is that? Teresa, good. Thirteen times, okay? At the thirteenth time, by now they're tired of being quiet. They were fasting from arguments. Ooh, somebody say hello. Right? They were fasting from arguments. That sounds like a pretty good fast. Sometimes murmuring all those questions that you say, well, I'm just, I'm just asking. Or you know what? It's the truth. It is the truth. But maybe you need the truth of God, not your truth, not your reality, but the reality of God. I'm not talking about denial. I'm talking about putting things in God's hands. Today, tonight, I'm going to ask you to cross the line. This is the line I'm going to cross and I'd love for you to walk with me. And that is that today, I leave my past behind and I become a soul winner. For me, I would say, again, I will become a soul winner. I don't know about you, but I want to win souls for Jesus. I want to feel the joy of spiritual birth giving. It's not about growing a church, man. It's about growing the kingdom of God. Sometimes people feel, this one girl, I remember I had a girl in my soul group. She said, I feel like you only go out with me because we used to, you know, go places and do things. Just to like get me to like know God and love God. Are we ever going to go out just to go out? And I said, probably not. <laughs> The best thing I have to offer you is the greatest love of my life. Why would I want to give you anything less than the best? See, every time I spend time with someone, I am not playing. If you spend time with me, whether we go shooting or where we go, look, wherever we go, whatever we do, we want to make sure that God is in the middle. And I don't mean religion. I mean the Lord. I mean someone gets encouraged. Someone gets a word. Someone receives something. Even if it's not straight from the Bible, it's biblical because you're the one who's in tune with God. What if tomorrow you grew? Instead of tomorrow, you got stagnant. Tomorrow you become a soul winner. Tonight, you decide to cross that line. This is the way you do it, very practically speaking. You pray every day. Say, God, give me a divine appointment. That sounds weird to you as it sounded weird to me when I first heard the term. A divine appointment is simply this. Someone that you come across that will need to hear the gospel. For one time, I remember it was my coworker. I said, God, give me a divine appointment. Girl walks right into the door. says, hey, do you have a minute? And I was like, yeah, what's going on? She's like, you know what? I feel like this, this emptiness in my heart. And I felt it for a long time. I know that you're a Christian. Do you think it could help? I'm thinking, divine appointment? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're driving down the road. You're praying for a divine appointment. Somebody's tire popped to the right. And you happen to know how to change a tire. Divine appointment. Maybe you're there in line. You're just there in Starbucks. Somebody, their card won't go through. They swipe, they swipe. It doesn't go through. Something's wrong with 
their financial management. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but you happen to be there and you happen to have extra three bucks and 45 cents for a latte. I don't know how much they're cost. Like five bucks or something. How much are they worth? How much? 345. Yeah, I was pretty close. $3.45 you have to win a soul for Jesus. Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got you. No, 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 really, seriously, man. Let me just swipe for you. And as they stand there waiting for their coffee, because their name's got to be called. They're not going to just walk away. Say, so you know what? I'm not saying this because I paid for your coffee, nothing like that. But while you get your coffee, can I share you the greatest thing that ever happened in my life? Uh, yeah, of course. Am I making sense? Divine appointment? Ask God for divine appointments. Anywhere, everywhere. People near you, people far from you. There should be no reason why you don't sow seeds of love every single day. Amen? Amen? This whole message was just for this reason. I didn't preach for any other reason. I don't care about pumping you up. I don't care about... The world is dying without Christ. And we're so worried about fear. We're so worried about our arguments. Listen, Pastor Aguirre and Pastor... I love them. Pastor Lorena and Aguirre. Their little daughter with leukemia. You guys heard their story. Every single day they share the gospel. Their daughter... They've been told their daughter's going to die in three months. They've been hurting and struggling. You know what Lorena told Eunice? I was there. I just kind of butt into the conversation at the right time. This is about a few days ago, four or five days, I don't know how many days. I went to shoot the video. And she said to Eoni, you have no idea how bad I feel sometimes. I feel so, everything's so dark. I feel so attacked. But when I go out, I can't help but sharing the love of God and encourage people to trust in the Lord. And I pray with people. And for some reason when I do that, my faith gets stronger. And I come back into the room and I am way better than I was when I walked out. When I share the love of God, when I share the faith, when I share the power of the Lord, then it comes to me. And then I don't feel the way I was feeling. Then I can believe God for greater things. Can you actually do this and say, God, for just a moment, I will stop being a victim. And I'll start being used by you. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Dear God, I pray for the person that came here for the first time and thought they would hear one more encouraging speech or maybe a verse, a verse explained in certain ways that they didn't know before. Well, Jesus, you're not new. You've been around for a long time and we love you and we know you and we know what you're about. You came to seek and to save that which was lost. You died at the cross for our sins. You bled out. You were beaten. You were whipped. You were spat on. You were taken captive. You were slandered. You were crowned with a crown of thorns. You were speared on your side. Your arms, your hands, your feet, they were nailed to a piece of wood. They hung you for hours. Watched you suffocate to death. Jesus, we know your story. We might even wear the cross around our necks without understanding that your message is still the same. Jesus Christ, help us to not just like you, but to be like you. God, help us cross the line from fear into faith. God, help us cross the line from arguments into, into actually trusting you, Lord. Help us cross the lines, Lord, that sometimes stop us from being what you called us to be. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Why do we seek all these things and then the kingdom of God? We have things backwards. Dear church, if you want to grow, if you want to be blessed, if you want to see the Lord do beautiful things in your life, like break down addictions, 
like break down the lies from the enemy that have been told over years win a soul for Jesus share the love of God instead of praying all the time for your need take some time to pray for someone else you're struggling financially become a giver watch God challenge the status quo of people that say the more you hoard the more you keep the better for you what if you become a great giver and God will not just watch you he will be with you he will partner up with you he will provide for you the greatest givers I know are the people that are not in need these people don't lack maybe you used to be a giver but you stopped being a giver I'm sorry to tell you I'm so sorry to tell you would you become a stale Christian perhaps right here right now you haven't even given your life to Jesus and yet you've been a Christian for a long time you got to give your life to God it's not just a prayer it's a life it's your music it's your thoughts it's your feelings it's your plans Lord what do you have for me speak to me God flow in the way that you want me to flow I want to run in your direction God please help me here's what we're gonna do with your eyes closed I'm gonna pray for you if you want to give Jesus your life I don't know about you but I want to say God if I have or when I did I want to reconfirm this moment I want to make sure that you know that my life belongs to you and that I know that you have taken it and that you could do with it as you may because I trust you and because I know you and because I love you and I want to be part of your plan I don't want to just work for you I want to work with you God I want to be a part of the plan Jesus Christ would you tell him Jesus Christ I give you my life I give you my heart I give you all that I am all that I have all that I want dear God I give you my failure I give you my past I give you my present and all of my future Jesus I want to know you I want to walk with you I want to work with you God I want to see miracles in my life I want to see miracles through my life dear Jesus thank you so much because this year I will see wonders I will see wonders I will see wonders in the name of Jesus I declare I declare that you are the Lord of my life dear God I give you all that I am thank you for dying on the cross for my sins help me God to walk the way of the cross to die to myself so that someone else could also be saved Jesus I love you and I want to know you more let me pray for you guys dear God I pray right now that the walls of fear fall in the name of Jesus right now I declare that the walls of rejection are destroyed in the name of Jesus I declare God that when we count to three and just as the people of Israel did with the walls of Jericho and we give a shout God that as we shout the wall of rejection the wall of fear of what people will say or think will fall now the wall of, of second guessing the wall of arguments the wall of lack of faith will fall in the name of Jesus I declare God as we as we shout you God I declare that all will fall out of our lives God that depression will leave God that the wall of loneliness will leave Lord that the wall of lack will leave in the name of Jesus one two three Jesus, a round of praise. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. 
love you Lord we love you Jesus we're soul winners dear God I thank you for the walls of fear that have fallen I ask you now that you give us divine appointments God that immediately even tonight tomorrow God that we be looking for opportunities Lord help us to have our eyes open to the spiritual need of people that we don't walk around and see people like trees like inanimate objects God that have no needs or desires God that even when there's someone that seems to be perfect we realize Lord that you are perfect you alone God and without you we're broke we're in need dear Jesus I pray now for something different in people's lives as they seek you first their marriages change their finances change let your power flow in every area of their lives the purpose the future of their children and their children's children dear God I thank you because you called us from darkness to light so that we may announce the virtues of the one. Jesus, thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Give God a round of applause. Loud, 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 loud. God bless you guys.